everyone in Japan wakes up at 6 a.m. Yep. Or 5. Yep. Yeah, I, I look out the window at 5 a.m. There's like old ladies, old obachans with, with 90 degree angle back spinal cords. They're bent over. They're staring at the ground. It's 5 a.m. And they're sweeping the road. <laughs> Take it easy. It's called retirement. The roads are very clean. Listen to the song Jojo, Sonochino Sadame from the anime Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. Jojo! Jojo! <laughs> by the artist Hiroaki Tominaga. That song is awesome. It touches my soul. This is episode 159 of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast, where our sole mission is and always will be to make your anime, anime addiction, addiction worse. worse. Oh, it's getting worse. Oh, yeah. I am Chiaki, and tonight I am joined by... Mitsugi, here, sitting here, having yes. some, uh, muesli. Yes. And that voice that you hear coming from the land of America is... <laughs> Himiko. <laughs> I missed you again. I miss you always. We should make this a habit to have Himiko Chiaki love fest time. Always and forever and always again. Yay! Okay. You can find us at aaapodcast.com, iTunes. Don't forget to drop us a rating on iTunes if you like us. We love reading them. And if you have listened for more than four months and have not done it yet, shame on you. Uh, you can find us at facebook.com forward slash anime addicts anonymous podcast and where we broadcast live every Sunday night at 8 p.m. EST, assuming that we don't move it for various things such as holidays, family football um broadcasting live 8 p.m sunday est on ustream.tv forward slash channel forward slash anime dash addicts dash anonymous dash podcast but if you can dash 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 but if you can remember aaapodcast.com which yes it has some broken things on it right now because jackie is redoing it you can find links to all of those i think the whole podcast is getting ready to undergo a a how do i say metamorphosis metamorphosis oh yeah we're metamorphosizing guys i know it's only 10 a.m <laughs> it's only 10 a.m but you know big words can still be used yes but, indeed and by the way jojo's bizarre adventure is probably the manliest anime on earth even even more manly than cobra 
Yeah, even more manly than Cobra. Wow. Yeah. All right. So new forum members, welcome Real Rick. That's my name of the week. Yeah. Woo! Hey, I don't get to have one. <sighs> I feel so left out. The perks of leading the show. <laughs> yeah. Trivia. The answer was Wolverine. The theme is still getting tipsy. The, those who answered correctly were Ragey and Hangman Swing Set, which is a incredibly morbid name. Uh, it's perfect for Japan. Oh. Oh, sorry. Mitsugi. Oh, I know. It's terrible. Uh, the winner for the week was Hangman Swing Set. Moving on, we have some almighty anime mailbags. We're just moving um, right along, aren't we? I know. And by the way, we were maybe three minutes late uh, <laughs> starting the show today, and I was, you know, Chucky says, "What's what happened?" And I go, the doorbell rings at you know, early in the morning as it always does in Japan because everyone in Japan wakes up at six a.m. Yep. Or five. Yep. Yeah, I, I look out the window at five a.m. I'm using the restroom, and there's like I look out the window and. There's like old ladies, old obachans with with 90 degree angle back spinal cords. They're bent over. They're staring at the ground. It's 5 a.m. and they're sweeping the road. <laughs> Take it easy. It's called retirement. The roads are very clean. And uh, so, so it was an obachan no, at it was, the door. It was Jehovah's Witnesses. Was what? it the most non-annoying Jehovah Jehovah's Witnesses I've ever met? Really? Yeah. Were they nice? Yes, they were, and they were very not pushy. Like oh. the Jehovah's, they were like, the the flyer said, you know, after you read this, I know that you don't speak my language, but please hand it back so that someone else may read it. Hmm. It was it was very nice. So I felt bad telling them to well, you know, take it, attacking them with like kitchen <laughs> utensils like like we do in America. <laughs> wow. Is it uneducated of me to say that I didn't know there were uh, Jehovah's Witnesses in Japan? Not at all. You know, to be honest, I didn't even really realize it until two things happened. One, I had a student, or have a student, who is a Jehovah's Witness, and uh. she's lovely, by the way. Um, I didn't even know she was a Jehovah's Witness until something random happened. Otherwise, I would have never known. Um, and, oh, do tell. Can you? Uh, oh, it was just during Halloween. Um, we... We were taking funny pictures with costumes, and she said something that she couldn't dress up because it was not in her uh, faith. Oh. And I was like, oh, what faith is that? And she said, oh, I think she, I think she said Jehovah's Witness. I don't know if someone's a Jehovah's Witness out there and is like, that's completely incorrect. That's my, my recollection of that memory. Anyway, they said they were going to come by next month, and we said we were going to have tea. So Really? No, not really. Oh. They are going to come by, but oh. tea was not mentioned. Oh, well, maybe we can invite them in for tea, and they can tell us about Jesus. Maybe. Speaking of telling us about Jesus, Kron writes a mailbag not telling us about Jesus. Kron writes... <laughs> I was going to say. Sup, guys. What are your most and least favorite character personalities stereotypes? Oh. What types of character that... What types of characters instantly draws you in, and what types just make you sick? I think I'll go last. I just want to listen. Mmm... Instantly draw me in. I like the characters that are honorable yet complex. Not the people who are, like, so honorable that they do, like, everything just because it's for honor. But the people who want to do the right thing, but then are thrust in situations, kind of like normal people, where they don't know what the right thing is, and they kind of have to figure it out, and maybe they do something that isn't considered to be good or honorable because in that situation they feel it's the right thing to do. Okay, and annoying? Uh, 
anything with a squeaky, whiny, oh, or nee, 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 type voice. Oh, okay. And the general <laughs> characters that go along with it. I I hate female characters that are completely, completely in the world for TNA, but like they enjoy being that way. Okay, Kimiko? Um, the, the character type that I usually am drawn to um, is probably most often the anti-hero. You know, mm. just like the character who doesn't want to be the hero, never wanted to be the hero, but she, uh, but just because of their general personage and, and character, they always end up <coughs> jumping in when the, the situation calls for it, and they end up being the hero anyway. <laughs> yeah. I love those characters. I, I like the reluctance of it, and it's more complex. It's not just like I'm gonna save the day. It's oh god, I just why I don't want it. Okay, fine. The character that I don't like, I don't know how to describe this, but the characters that know they have a serious personality flaw, but they don't do anything to change it. Are the characters who are really, really obnoxious and mean, and they know they're being obnoxious and mean, but they just choose to continue being obnoxious and mean. You know, like, um, oh my god, what's her name from Full Metal Panic? Kaname. How she just, like, she knows that uh, Sasuke doesn't quite get what it means to be a normal teenager, but she still finds every necessary opportunity to hit him over the head. And, like, she knows that, that it's not really helping anything, and she knows that he has no say in it whatsoever, that that's just the way he is. But that's just, like, I, I don't know, character flaws like that always bug me, because they know that, that what they're doing is wrong or obnoxious or annoying, and they do it anyway. So Mitsugi, I, yeah. I, I'm sure I could guess, but... Yeah, so um, the characters that I love are um, deep, meaningful characters that have some kind of... They either represent something, or they fight for something specific. They have some ideal that they protect, or, uh, you know, um, try to uphold. I also like badass characters, you know, like Guts. But <laughs> the characters that I hate are... I. Well, I, my my heart my, my heart is full of hate, as we know, but the characters that I hate more than others in particular are Tsundere characters. I hate them. I hate how they waste time. I hate how they they just don't get it, and <laughs> I hate I hate how how the anime always seems to focus around them at all times, and they just seemingly waste episodes upon episodes of walking in a circle with them. Hating and, and yet loving people, and it, oh god, just oh, oh wait, wait, wait. <sighs> you know what'll make you feel better, Mitsugi? What? Fantasy football. Okay. We have largely ignored the fantasy football playoffs or fantasy football season in general for the AAA podcast. Uh, so blame it on Mitsugi. Yeah, it, it is my fault. So I thought that I would give an update on how things went and where we are as it stands at the end of the regular season the first place team in the league was my team yes it's true the acolytes of mitsugi finished with a three and ten record in the feudal japan division all right did i say three and ten ten and three ten, ten and three sorry ten wins three losses uh mr chow or Barefort from the forum finished first in the in the neo tokyo division at a meager seven and six which just goes to show you how much stronger the Feudal Japan division was. Uh, subsequent teams, third place, Kensuko Kunai's 
came in with uh, nine wins, four, four losses. Meet the Mitsugi Destroyers came in with eight wins and five losses. Did the Mitsugi Destroyers actually destroy Mitsugi? I think I did lose one game to him. Oh. Early in the year. Well, at least you made him made him not a liar. Yeah. Okay. So, and the Koopy Mayo Kings came in at Finn fifth with uh, with a record of seven and six, and Team Sullivan came in with a record of seven and six. Uh, sorry, Chiaki did not qualify. <sighs> the Cutie Pies did not make it. But I I did a pretty good job. Yeah, you did. You 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 did not embarrass yourself, which is which is usually the goal in fantasy football. Uh, in round one of the playoffs, four seed Mitsugi Destroyers was defeated by five seed Kupi Mayo Kings by a pitiful score of seventy to fifty four point nine, which is really sad scores for fantasy football. Kupi Mayo Kings goes on to face me. Number one seed Acolytes Mitsuki in round two of the playoffs. I can already say at this point that he has already beaten me. Um, some A few bad decisions in my lineup cost me that game. Uh, in round one of the playoffs, three seed Kensuko Kunai's edged out um, six seed Team Sullivan by a score of 89.1 to 87.7. Kensuko Kunai's goes on to face two seed Mr. Chow in round two, in which I believe Mr. Chow is currently leading. So... Looks like the finals will be Kupi Mayo Kings versus Mr. Chow. Hmm. Fun, 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 fun. It has been a good fantasy football season. Thank you all for keeping up to date with your teams. That makes it better. Oh, yes. It it was very nice. So, this episode, we are talking about some heartbreaker anime. Christmas is coming up, and, well, Christmas in Japan is a time for love and romance in couples, not families like it is here in the States. So... Here's some anime that might break your heart or might put it back together. Put it back together, nice. <laughs> um, and then we have some reviews. Uh, this can be called the Yupa episode. We are reviewing Princess Mononoke and The Princess and the Pilot, both requested by Yupa. Very nice. <laughs> Bless you. So stay tuned. We'll be back to the show soon. you walking anime cliches out there, this is Chiaki, and this is your anime news break. First up, for those of you over in the UK, there's some good news for you. Andrew Patridge of Kaze UK and Scotland Loves Anime Festivals will launch a new anime distribution co- company in the United Kingdom this next year. The name of the anime new anime label is not finalized, although the underlying company is called Anime Limited. The company launched a Facebook page, Twitter account, and Tumblr page, therefore making it Facebook official. No titles are ter- currently confirmed, but Patridge said that he will start taking content in early January. He added that, For film, I have some nice surprises over the next few months. For TV, I have two contracts signed on my desk and a ton more on their way. The first home releases are likely to be in late second quarter of 2013, Patridge says. The company's Facebook page says that it will announce its first license if it receives 1,000 likes. As of this past week, it has 443, so if you're over in the UK, get to that thumbs up button and find out what's coming your way. Another news, for those of you who don't know, One Piece has taken over Japan, and that is not quite an exaggeration. 
The Twitter account of the media trade paper Bunka Toshin recently reported that the One Piece film Z sold 600,000 tickets on its opening day. The film grossed 750 million yen, which is about 9 million US dollars, at the box office on Saturday. And it is expected to sell 1 million tickets by Sunday and gross over 1.3 billion yen, which is about 15 and a half million US dollars. If it does, it will top Evangelion 3.0, you cannot redo for Japan's highest weekend box office of 2012. In the movie, the film features Z, Zeto, the Straw Hat Pirates crew's strongest enemy yet, who is designed by Oda. Oda served as the executive producer for the film, as he did for the 10th feature film, 2009's One Piece film, Strong World. Attendees of the movie are getting 2 million copies of an 84-page Volume 1000 of One Piece, which contains the size of an exclusive One Piece Treasure World card. So even if you can't make it for the film, maybe some will pop up on the web. For those of you keeping up with the most current anime season, or rather the most current anime season behind us, Girls in Panzer has tentatively delayed episode 11 until March. So if you're a huge fan of Girls in Panzer, I'm sorry, but that's just them the breaks. And speaking of delays, the Anime Corner Stories blog has recently announced that the dates for Funimation's Blood Sea and Toriko Collection 1 box sets were pushed back by two weeks. Delays abound. The Blood Sea Limited Standard Edition Blu-ray DVD box sets and Toriko Collection 1 DVD box set have been rescheduled from January 8th to January 22nd. So if you cannot wait to get your hands on those, you will, well, have to. This was Chiaki, and this was your Anime News Break. Don't go anywhere. Why? Because you know right by now, I cry when you go somewhere. We'll be back to the show soon. Anime Addict Anonymous wa Amy Plex to Goran no sponsor no teikyo de okuri itashimasu. And we're back to the 159th episode of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. Choo! Sorry. Bless you. Thank you. Tonight we are talking about Heartbreaker Anime, as requested by... Who requested this? Mitsuki didn't write it. Yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll look it up while you're doing it. Okay. Um. So... This topic is broken down in three parts, again, as per the request of the person who suggested the topic. So, the first the first segment is, you decide to date another anime addict, get married together. <sighs> Unfortunate mm. events transpire, and the divorce is costing you half of what you own. Mm. Which, as someone who That's life. worked in a divorce law firm, secret... Divorce will cost you more than half of what you own. But anyways, which which anime would you give up if you were legally forced to? This topic was requested by Dead Rabbit. Oh, thank you, Dead Rabbit. Thank you, Dead Rabbit. What a lovely name. I do so love Dead Rabbits. (laughs) And so do my German Shepherds. Okay, so. So we divided the topic into the A-list, the B-list, and the C-list. Well, I just covered the A-list right now. Okay, so the A-list. I interpreted this as either uh, anime that I would give up because I either <clears throat> was trying to scorn the other person or because I just had too damn much of it. 
And so I'll start off with a funny one, Wicked City. Yeah. Is that a scorn one? It is. Because <laughs> in this anime, there's a scene where a giant, a very sexy woman is having sex with a man, and suddenly her private area grows teeth and attempts to chomp off the other man's private area. Oh, Dentata. And then she turns into a giant, she... a giant spider demon and tries to kill him. See? See, I keep telling people the spiders are out to get us, and you guys don't believe me. You don't. You think I'm crazy no, for being so afraid of spiders. Actually, the moral of the story is that men, women are out to get us, and they all have teeth on their vaginas. No, she wasn't a woman. She was a spider creature. You just said that yourself. And she, well, she was a woman demon, okay? She was it's a spider it's, creature. It's very, it's very close to the truth, all right? You can't, you can't be a woman and a spider creature. You're a spider creature masquerading as a woman, or you're a woman masquerading as a spider the creature. The chat agrees with me, okay? Just read the messages. So There's only one. So, silence. So, but the, mes the message is, the message is clear. Woman, you are a vagina monster. And here's my anime. Take it. Take it like you like it. Alright, my interpretation of the A-list was anime that I owned or would own that I would actually end up giving up. Like, physically I have these DVDs or I want to own these DVDs. Um... And the first one that I thought of was Orphan, because, well, I'd give it up because I could buy it again cheaply, because no <laughs> one wants that anime, really. The second season? Oh, the second season, I'd give up just to be cruel. The second season is awful. But I'm talking about the first season box set, which I own. Um, but, uh... I mean, because the second season would potentially make the other, the your, your ex-spouse blow their brains out in pain and anguish from listening to the, uh, the oh, voiceovers. I was going to say, especially if they listen to the dub. The dub of the second season is just phenomenal. I mean, you'll give them the, you'll give them the DVD. A week later, you'll, have, you'll show up in court for a hearing, and she'll have blood running down the sides of her face. And the, and the judge will say, my God, what happened to you? And you'll say, oh, oh, it's okay, it's okay. It was just Cleo, her voice. Oh, my. <laughs> I love how Mitsugi points out that in this hypothetical, my spouse is a she. <laughs> Speaking of which, Kimiko. <laughs> <laughs> um, I went about it, because I own way too much anime, so I went That's about okay. it in the sense of anime that I wouldn't, I don't really want to own right now anyway, so, um, of the ones I already own. Uh, so, I would give up first and most specifically, ease otherwise. Mm. And why I is even, that? I, I don't think I've ever even watched it. <laughs> oh, that's a good reason so, to get rid of it. Yep. So that would that would be my main choice is to pawn off ease otherwise. Get other. Yes. I, I feel like ease otherwise is one of those animes that came out in the '90s that just slipped into the pile of this is a mediocre anime that I, that no one will ever watch category. Yeah. It's in there with Albania. I, sh I don't even know what it is. Maybe, maybe it's awesome. Work. <laughs> but I, 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 I feel like it's in there with Abeno Bashi and the other crappy shows. Mm. All right, Mitsugi, back to you. Oh my god, already? Um, I have Dragon Ball Z on here. Would Lo you really give up Dragon Ball Z? Love Dragon Ball Z, but I have an entire bookshelf full of Dragon Ball Z VHS tapes that I used to get every... What, every month when Funimation would release them one at a time? 
and I collected those suckers for like seven years. And so I have like a hundred VHS tapes. So basically you're just trying to get rid of the VHS. Take my VHS tapes and please create some shelf room for me so I can put more so I can put more interesting things on it. I or mean, maybe just buy a Blu-ray that probably has all of those VHS videos on yeah, it. Yeah, you can nowadays you can get like three Blu-rays that have, you know, the entire two hundred episodes of Dragon Ball Z on them. You know, I I, I imagine. Given the given the, the storage capacity of Blu-ray compared to VHS. Yeah. So you can take my VHS tapes. Take it, you wench! Ooh, a wench now. Um, oh my. My next one uh, that I have on here is Trigun. Um, kind of like Orphan. It's not that I don't love Trigun. Um, what? She doesn't deserve Trigun. What? Mitsugi, you're a hater. <laughs> I am. I am a hater. Flattery um, will get you nowhere. Um... But the reason why I put Trigon on here is because I did own it, and then I lent it to a friend, and that friend moved away without ever returning it to me. And it was the entire box set. So I've already had to part with giving it up. So I know I can handle the pain. That bitch. Yeah. I like to think it was an accident, but it was an entire <laughs> box set that she had to pack somehow, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know she wasn't, like, putting that in a box going, oh, I should return this. Maybe I'll mail it when I get to my new house. <laughs> yeah, probably not. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay, so? Miss Kimiko? Um, this one, it might actually be a good anime, but, again, I've never seen it and own it, and therefore it would m find its way into the pile of things lost in the divorce. So, uh, Shikabana Hime. Mm. Yeah. So, if it's good, then lucky person. I don't... Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go out on a good limb here. I'm just gonna go out on a limb Kimiko, and say Kimiko, you're so nice to give me this thing, these things to me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're welcome. Don't ever talk over me again. Mainsuke? What? I'm gonna punch you in the face in front of everyone. <laughs> I'm on I'm on fire today. Don't don't put out the flames. I'm joking up Shikibana Hime right now to see if it is indeed a piece of shit. Oh. Maybe not. Maybe you should keep Is this one. Should I? No, maybe not. I don't know. Okay. I have no idea. Okay, so, my turn again? Your turn again. Alright, you can have Naruto. Oh. Take Naruto, you smelly, uh, succubus. Believe it. On that note, my next one is Princess Tutu. Just because I don't think any man would want Princess Tutu. <laughs> Why not? Oh, I have a good one. I'm going to uh, ad lib ad lib the next one. Okay. Kimiko. Um, what what else do I have on here? Oh, Bleach. <laughs> I choose Bleach because I only own the first season and I wouldn't want to own any of it anyway. <laughs> so have at it. You know, and maybe that's something you could use for bargaining, because a lot of people like Bleach. It's a shonen show, so maybe, you know, if it's a dude, he likes it. If it's a chick, maybe she likes it. And, you know, maybe you can be like, here, I'll give you Bleach. See, I'm being so nice. And then Pretend like, like it's a big thing. Oh, yeah. I don't want to get rid of it, but, you know, here, you can have it, I guess. I, I'm, I'm trying <laughs> to make this an amicable divorce. <laughs> yes. Okay. In my final offering to the world and to my ex-wife, I offer to you Revolutionary Girl Utena 
<laughs> Take this anime, you wench, and may it sexually confuse you for the rest of your life. May you never destroy the life of another man again. And in this act, I protect men everywhere and use you as an example of what happens when you are a wench. Maybe, maybe that's the solution. Maybe, like, by doing that, it'll show her that, you know, men like you are assholes. And she should have really been with the soft touch of a woman all along. You can go be with the soft touch of a woman and with the soft touch of your brother and with the soft touch of go turn into a Cadillac. And, and, Cadillacs uh, do have a soft touch. Yeah. I know when I touch me a Cadillac, I think, mmm. <laughs> <laughs> touch my tra-la-la. Hey, Kimiko, Kimiko. Mm. Oh, you touch my tra-la-la. <laughs> oh, my ding-ding-dong. Okay, all right. <laughs> you guys have lost it. All right. The last one I have on the list is C, the money of the soul and the possibility of control. I know, I, I love this series, but this would be kind of like, I don't know, maybe this would be kind of like my actual equivalent of like what I was talking about with your Bleach anime, um, because I could give it up and be like, hey, this isn't actually a decent series, I will, I will give it to you in this parting to try to be nice, and you know, maybe, maybe you can give me something else I love, like Utena. <laughs> Very interesting. Because... Yes. Oh, you touched my tra-la-la. <laughs> yes. My ding-ding-dog. For the people that have no idea what that song is, what you're saying right now sounds really stupid. It sounds amazing. It doesn't. <laughs> oh, yes, it Music does. Music to my ears. Okay, so are we moving on, or do you have another one, Kimiko? Just one more, but it's quick. Descendants of Darkness. Just because... Yowie. Bad. Moving on. <laughs> moving on. All right. Shifting gears here. Topic, the B part of this topic. If you shared an anime, like a couple shared a song, would you simply abandon, uh, would you abandon it because it hurts you every time you watch it and avoid torturing yourself? So, the way I interpreted this list was, these are anime that, maybe there's some anime that if I shared it with another person, I could still watch it after and not be tortured by it or still enjoy it. But these are anime that if I shared them with that special someone, I don't think I could ever watch them again after without crying. Okay, so Whisper of the Heart, Mimio Samaseba. It's too romantic. I don't know. I mean, it just, I don't know. Especially if it was right after the breakup. I feel like I would be reminded of things every time I watch it. And too, too sad. Too sad. Mm. It's a beautiful movie, and it's not a sad movie at all, but. Um, you know, it's sad in the context of what we're talking about. So the first one that I'm going to mention is Biosuko 5 Centimeter. <laughs> I also have this on mine, so that'll make things quick. Because... Oh, we all have it? <laughs> because okay. this is a movie that you shouldn't watch after a breakup in general. <laughs> but if you, if this was, like, your special movie that you shared with one someone and be like, I love you like him, I'll love you forever, I'll always be looking for you and always try to find you... And then, and then... That bitch up. don't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then it doesn't quite happen. I, uh, that would, this is, yeah. This is just not a movie you watch after breaking up in general. You cry no. if you're, like, in a stable, loving relationship watching this movie. 
Seriously. You don't you don't cry if your heart isn't if your heart is made of stone, like Dio Brando. Dio. And, and hate like Mitsugi. Yeah, or hate. Yeah, if your heart <laughs> if your heart oozes a thick, porous, vomitous oil. Ew. Yeah, a black sludge of hate. You know, we should bottle that and sell it. Mitsugi's black sludge of hate. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it right. tastes like licorice. Oh, mm, licorice. Apparently your hate tastes like licorice. Okay, next. <laughs> um, I'm just going to take... I, I'm, I'm kind of cheating a little bit, but I also had five centimeters, but I also simultaneously had Voices of a Distant Star because all Makoto Shinkai films make me cry, and if I had just broken up with someone, I couldn't... I wouldn't... It would be a bad idea. Lots of Lots of tears. Ugly tears. Yeah, it would be it would be kind of that hiccuping like messy crying. It wouldn't be like Hollywood crying where you're like, yep. oh, tear, tear, tear. It would be like, oh. <laughs> yeah. It'd be sobbing into your pillow and trying not to make noise, but instead just like like seizing. Yeah, yeah. The kind of crying where you cry so hard that you stop crying and almost start gagging yourself because like <laughs> you're just like. There's no more tears, and you're still, like, g making the noise of crying. <laughs> yep. Or Basically. You're... Or you're not even crying for the same reasons anymore. Like, you were <laughs> crying for the movie at first, but now you're just crying for everything that's ever gone wrong in your life, ever. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. recommend we move on <laughs> to the next one here. All right. Basically, go. Go. Um, if you want to go so bad, Amagami go. SS. It's not oh. a particularly uh, amazing anime. But it, it's above average, probably. But it's, you know, the whole anime is about relationships. The whole thing, you know, it's based on a dating sim, and every four episodes, he's got another chick. It's a di it's a different scenario, right? So it's not like he's a player. So it's a different different. They reset time, or whatever. But yeah, so it would just remind you of what you don't have at the at the particular time. My next one is Howl's Moving Castle. Um, Why? Why? Because... Because how, how convoluted and poorly constructed the story is would make you feel sad. <laughs> because it's kind of a romance-based movie more than anything else. Um, and if I shared it with someone, it would probably be that kind of romance-love connection of, like, you make me a better person, like Sophie made Howl a better person. And Aww. that and... Didn't it, buy it. We should, like, make, like, anime, like, sappy love lines that only other anime nerds would get. Um, anyways, but, uh, so, I think that, and it's not, like, the most top-notch Ghibli movie, so if it hurt me at all, I would not hurt me to give it up. Yep. Kimiko! go! This is slightly, slightly off the concept of, um, if we shared it as a romantic thing, um, but it kind of still could be, could be Oran High School Host Club. I would probably give that up because given the situation, I could definitely see myself not finding any of the humor funny anymore, and the unfulfilled romance would just make me angry. Yeah. That one belongs in the A category. <laughs> I do enjoy it now. <laughs> I don't. More than the ones I put out on the A-list. <laughs> Kimiko put out anime. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I have no more. For B list. I have one more. Kimi Nichidoke, for the same reason as you kind of listed as Amagami SS Mitsugi. It's just so romantic and sweet, and 
there's nothing else to it other than the romance. So if that was the connection I had with it with someone else, then well, it would suck. And my last one was Dean Angel. And there's a lot of romancy things that go on, but I probably it would probably just make me angry like Oran, so I would just not watch it. Yeah. All right. C list. C list. So the last list <laughs> as part of this three part topic, as requested, is break up anime. The anime that you watch when you break up, sit down, and eat ice cream and chocolate. Basically, the anime that I interpret it as, in some way, it will make you feel better. That's such a yep. such a girl thing to do when you break up. Like, if I, that is not what I would do. I would go to the gym. You would never sit down and eat chocolate. I would never do that. <laughs> there and would be no situation that would inspire you to sit down and eat chocolate. I'm actually eating chocolate right now, so. I'm not really sure what you're talking about. Apparently, anime is the situation that inspires him to sit down and eat chocolate. So the first one, of my, I, I interpret this this anime as, uh, you know, in many different ways. First of which, the anime that I'm thinking of is Shigurui or uh, Death Frenzy, hmm. because after a breakup, some people might feel like, you know, f women, the hell with it. I'm just gonna be single for a while, you know, or if it's really bad. I'm gonna start looking at men. Yeah, hmm, maybe. But Mitsu just said that. <laughs> some, like there's some guy out there that that has had a girlfriend or wife that was so horrible that it turned him off from women forever. That ha that has happened someplace on earth. But in Shigurui, they do not have a whole lot of respect for the women, as this movie is set in like the 800s, like the eighth century samurai times, and uh. Actually, that's probably way too old for samurai, but it's set, it's set back in the samurai time when women have basically no rights whatsoever. And there are certain scenes in the movie where there is uh, mutilation of certain women, and while it's not something I, I generally condone, I, I could see it feeling quite good after a breakup when you're angry and pissed off. And there is a scene in particular I recall where one of the older samurai s slices off a woman's nipples with his sword. Damn. Nice. I can just... It just might feel good after a breakup. Mitsuki is scary. Oh, I'm scary. Okay. Don't don't date Mitsugi. Oh. Don't you you don't want to go there. Came from his mouth, <laughs> not mine. So, first one on my list, I'll keep with that theme. Um the first one on my list is Golgo 13. Um I heard an old expression once, and I think my grandmother told me this. Uh-oh. But the cure for one man is all the men. Or the cure for one woman is all the women. Did you steal that from me? Hmm? I think it's an old expression that many people know. Is it? Because I have that exact thing written exact thing written on my list, if you scroll up and look. Uh, I think I was the first one to do this, wasn't I? Oh yeah, I was. Chucky so just loves to steal things that I have said in the past. <laughs> oh my god! I said that, I've said that on the podcast before, a couple times. So, oh kudos to whatever listener goes back and finds me saying that and can and can provide the episode. I don't time, doubt that you marker. said. I don't doubt that you said it, Mitsugi. But copyright. I also think it's a. The chat is calling for copyright infringement. Oh my god. Okay, so continue. I think that it is a old expression, Mitsugi. Many people know that expression. You're not special. You need to settle down now. Despite what your mother told you, you're not special. Settle down and continue. Okay. Anyways. But Golgo 13, mindless sex and violence. You just can turn off your brain and be like, yeah, yeah, you get that. Yeah. Okay. 
Und dann? Hm. Um, my first one is, I, I realized as I was writing these that every single one of the ones I chose for my C-list are all very different manners of handling a breakup. <laughs> But my first one is probably my favorite, and it's Bacchano. Because there's a teensy weensy little bit of love conquers all, but mostly it's just a lot of violence and a lot of gore and a lot of action and a lot of train robbing in the 1930s. Hmm. So yes. at least the first one on all of our lists was mindless violence. Yay! Okay, so guess what? Next one, Mototoravru. Right off of my, right off of the uh, of the outline document here, I have written, and I quote. Mototoravru, or some other harem anime, because the cure for a woman is all the women. Wow. Wow. And at that, I will move on. Mitsugi. What? Just continue. Why are you a hater? I just am. I don't know. All right. So the next one on my list is uh, Nana. I actually think this is a great breakup anime, because in this anime... There are a number of breakups, a number of relationships, and things that don't work out. And you might think, like, Chiaki, why would you want us to watch something that has breakups? Um, that has breakups, and then, you know, you just broke up. Because in this anime, after they break up, like, they, they're okay. You know, it's kind of that things, things happen, relationships fail, you're forced into bad situations, or things aren't what you hope they'd be. But in the end, everything ends up being okay. It might not be the perfect fairy, fairy tale ending, but you survive, you live on, you pick up the pieces, and hopefully you end up becoming a better person than what you were before. And that is that is why I think Nana is a good anime to watch. It's a very nice sentiment. A it's a very nice sentiment. You're gonna make mine sound horrendous. <laughs> well, one's yours. <laughs> big wind-up because I could distract myself with implied butt sex in baseball. <laughs> They're never gonna make a... And, and I've lost them. I have lost control of the show. Okay, so... You lost now, that butt sex. I will say that, you know... I, implied. I wonder if a third season of uh, Big Wind-Up will ever come out. I hope so. <laughs> I, I don't think it was very successful. So... Um... My assumption would be maybe that it won't come out, but, you know, who knows. Stranger things have if happened. Does, if it does, I'm all over that shit. I hope it comes out. I, I, I enjoyed the first two seasons. All right, so final anime here, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, because this episode seems to somehow have a very strong JoJo Bizarre Adventure theme to it. JoJo! Because, compared to my last entry, alternatively, fuck the women. Manime! All right. Uh, my next one is School Days, and the reason why I have this on here is because after a breakup, uh, it just kind of says, hey, could be worse. After a breakup, it says, hey, <laughs> you should just go saw off your, your ex-girlfriend's head. That's a great thing to do. No, no, I mean, it's like you break up and you're like, wow, I broke up and, and I still have my head attached to my neck. I don't have anyone ripping open my belly for oh, like man. a supposed pregnancy. Like something, I, I, I see something bad happening. There's, there's a bad possibility here. I can just see it. Some kid is going to listen to this podcast episode next week, and is going to have just gone through a breakup, and he's going to say, "Wow, school days, 
I haven't seen that. He's going to sit down and watch it, and he's going to... His mind is so already fragile by the, from the breakup oh that it's very easily impressionable. And so he's going to go find a sharp object, and he's going to mimic the actions in the anime, which are, I'm going to kill my ex-girlfriend. They're going to find a headless corpse, and next to it, a laptop with anime on it. And you know what's going to happen? It's going to be the otaku murder all over again. Anime, anime, persuades kid to saw off the head of a girlfriend. Oh my god, anime is evil. And the whole world hates anime. And you know why? You know why? All because of Chiaki. Does that make it my turn? Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, I choose Beck Mongolian Chop Squad because if love does not save the world, then music can. And I would rather focus on music saving Aww. the world since love had failed me. You don't rant about her animes. All right, you don't have any more. I'll wrap. I'll wrap this up. Uh, the we other can get through this. The other, the other two that I have are now and then, here and there. Um, one because it goes back to a school days mentality of hey, your life could be worse. But two, <laughs> um, there is still the message, kind of like what I was going for with Nana of someone's in a really really bad situation but ends up being made stronger by it and ends up overcoming it and it turns them into a better stronger person than any of the people who hurt them and so i think that is a you know sure you might think oh chiaki i'm already sad from the breakup why would i watch a sad anime but it's like it's kind of again it goes back to that whole yeah okay sad bad things happen but you're gonna be okay, which I think is something that, like, most people need, try to remember when they're going through, like, a breakup or a tough time. Oh, it's very <laughs> nice. So. You, you have appealed to me through your love of now and then, here and there. And then my last one is Cheese Sweet Home. Oh, Just because if you're hurting, mindless joy and cuteness can't hurt. Never. Never. Alright, Kimiko, you have the last word. <clears throat> okay, my last two are Full Metal Alchemists, because again, going back to Bacchano with the action and the fighting and just a little bit of mindless violence, but also with some uh, brotherly love and most of all overcoming the odds, because that's really what keeps on happening with Ed and Al is just having to continuously overcome the obstacles that come you know, pass their way. When I watch it, I get this insane desire to work out. Like, I, I don't know why. I just look at Ed and I go, man, I really wish I was that strong, or I really wish like I could get into a fight like that and prevail. So, like, I go and run around the block, or... Hmm. Oh, so that's probably why I would end up watching that one, is ultimately I would go work out. <laughs> um, and then different from all of my other ones, I, I could probably see myself also watching Bakuman, because if my love life ends up being shit, I know that I can count on theirs to be eternally everlasting. Because their love is eternal and beautiful and it would be nice to just live vicariously through their wonderful animated love. That's not a bad idea. Put something like Kimi Nishidoke <laughs> on this list even even though you're like my world is broken but you still love each other, right? <laughs> I wonder if, You make me feel hope. I wonder if guys and girls have different like have different reactions to a breakup because I mean most of the guys that I've known that have gone through breakups and, you know, personally, I feel like anger is the response, I mean, initially. So, I don't know. I feel like girls are very sad about it, but I feel like guys are, you know, very angry and want to go punch something. I 
don't know. I Maybe feel not. like I've just I, I've just described every possible way to handle a breakup through anime. I mean, like, I had distraction, I had music, I had violence, I had love and sadness. Like, I don't know. I, I think everyone handles it differently, regardless of uh -huh. gender. Dizzy Milo from the chat suggests Natsume's Book of Friends because Natsume is more worried about demons and spirits than worried about getting a girlfriend. Actually, I think that would be a good one. Thank Natsume's you. Book of Friends is a uh, is a warm, fuzzy show. Oh, thank you for that. So it could be classified under that. So uh, that was an exciting topic. Thank you, Darth Rabbit, Dead Rabbit, right? For Dead Rabbit. Dead Rabbit for requesting this topic. Um, but remember, the moral of the story is... Biosico 5 centimeters per second is never okay to watch after a breakup. Um, so we are going to take a short anime news break. When we come back, we have reviews on two movies, Princess Mononoke, which will be a joint review by the three of us, and The Princess and the Pilot, both requested by Yupa. So stay tuned. Hey all you anime files out there, this is Chiaki, and this is your anime news break. First up, Bandai has recently announced plans to expand its Gundam Cafe chain into Osaka, Nagoya, Hiroshima, and other similar metropolitan areas. The company will open a third Tokyo Cafe at the main Tokyo station's First Avenue area this coming Thursday. There are already two Tokyo area Gundam cafes open at the Akihabara Japan Railway Station, the one that I have had the pleasure of going to, and on Odaiba Island. There was a Gundam cafe, the first official Gundam-themed restaurant in the Bandai Museum in the nearby city of Matsudo before the museum closed in 2006. The Akihabara cafe receives about 400,000 customers per year, with sales exceeding Bandai's 200 million yen, which is about 2.4 million US dollars target. So. If you're a Gundam fan and are coming to Japan, it sounds like there will be more opportunities to head to the ever-elusive but much-coveted Gundam Cafe. In other news, for those of you out there who are dying to become a voice actor or actress, the details of the All Japan Seiyu Contest Seiyu Damashi has been revealed. Seiyu Damashi is a Japanese language voice acting and scenario writing contest, and of course Seiyu is the Japanese word for voice actor. The voice acting division will accept international entrance in next year's contest. The stated goals of the contest are to find new talent among the world's young people to, and help them discover their dreams. 81 Produce founder Miroyoshi Mazawa said that with the new international rules of the voice acting division, he hopes to bring the Seiyu career to foreign countries in hopes of developing the field. But that is not the only reason. His main purpose is to foster a form of communication between Japan and other countries. The contest was also created in order to offer a way for young people to find hope and chances for a job they enjoyed in a beguiled economy and society. The contest is not only the Seiyu division for voice acting, but also the scenario and original work division. Each are separated into two different categories, the Seiyu division and the original work. So if that's something that you've always wanted to do, there's a good chance for you to do it. And if you're just dying for Neko Monogatari to come out, Black, the anime has had its second promo streamed. 
Aniplex has streamed a second promotional video for the anime adaptation of Nisi Ocean's Neke Monogatari novel this past week. The anime will appear in Japan starting on December 31st. And finally, if you are a Sony loyalist and love all things video game, I know, not quite anime, but very cool nonetheless, Sony has made PlayStation 3-shaped bento lunch boxes. They're actually really cool, and they're called the Ultimate Character Bento. The project is still in development, but hopefully you can get your hands on one in the not-too-distant future. This was Shiaki, and this was your Anime News Break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back to the show soon. It's the Echo Chamber Podcast. It's about music and video games and other stuff. Are you sure that was the moon and not just Australia painted gray? Uh, <laughs> you know what? If you knock me out, paint Australia gray, and then tell me it's the moon, I'll get over it. <laughs> you know, throwing flaming two-by-fours into the audience. It's uh, something you don't do if you're just like listening to NPR and sipping on decaf. But if you did, that would make NPR so much more rad. <laughs> She says, oh, I pretty much like everything except rap and country. Then she says, have you heard of Nickelback? With <laughs> oh, God, no! For all this and more, check out ozoneent.com slash zonecast or find the Echo Chamber podcast on iTunes. We're back to the last segment of the 159th episode of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. I love podcasting and I love you. Aw, that was very nice of me, Tsugi. <laughs> Anyways, so we have two reviews today. Um, as requested by Yupa, one is a more classic Ghibli film that I'm sure you all already know, Princess Mononoke. And the other one is maybe one that you might or might not have heard of, and it's called Princess and the Pilots. So Princess and the Pilot is the English name, the Japanese name is Toaru Hikushi no Tsuyoku, and another translation of that is Recollection of a Certain Airship Pilot. Um, the plot of this movie is incredibly simple. Um, oh, before I get too far into that, um, it... Originally was written as a light novel um, in 2008. Came This movie came out in 2011, actually October 1st, so really only about a year ago. Uh, Studio Madhouse did the animation and TMS uh, uh, Entertainment did the production. It was directed by... Who directed this? Jun uh, Shishido. And Jun Shishido, let's see, he really hasn't done much else worth noting. Um, he was a few episode directors for here and there, uh, or not here and there, but not now and then here and there, but he was a few ep episode directors. Uh, the only other big thing was he was the director for Hajime no Ippo New Challenger. No, um, quite, go quite good anime. Uh, he was also the director for Okusama wa Joshi Kosei, which I have no idea what that anime is, to be honest. Um, that Sama in the title must be terrible. My wife is a high school girl. And there you go. Um, so I'm sure it's awful. Um, but uh, other than that, he... And he was the story of... Sain, oh, he was the director for the story of uh, Sain Koku. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Very interesting. So kind of a, a wide range. Um, Very wide. So this anime's plot is mm, relatively, sim- uh, relatively simple. Basically, you have two warring countries. Um, you have the... It's something like the Amoralians or something, which, honestly, the name of their country just reminded me of Amaterasu with the way that they pronounce it and spell it. Um, and then you have this other country. Um, and starts out with a beautiful, beautiful girl who is the daughter of a noble family, the Del Morales. Um, she is, her name is Fauna de Moral, Del Morales. And because she is from this noble family, um, the prince of the main country, Leverme, um, Prince Carlo wants to marry her. And it starts out with him proposing to her. And, of course, before he proposes to her at this big gala, her family, her father says, you know, he won't tolerate any mistakes. And, um, basically, you know, you get that she doesn't really have a choice in the matter. Um, and so, of course, she accepts his proposal graciously, and she's going to be the next empress of the country. Um, the war, they don't get married, though, because he promises to marry her when the war is finished. And the war uh, begins to to heat up, and her home is attacked um, because the enemy forces are trying to basically kill her as the future empress to be, and uh, ruin morale and distract the prince and things like that from the war. Um, and so when that happens, they decide that it's finally time to bring her to the capital uh, for safety, if nothing else, and get her married uh, to the prince, and probably, you know, as should be implied, start popping out little heirs in case something happens to the prince. Um, so, uh, to do this, they send the most elite special forces, which ends up being destroyed, um, by enemy forces. And so they come to rely on a pilot who is a bastardo or something. Bastardo. Or something like that, which is basically a bastard. He's a half-breed. Um, and yes, he's a halfling of... The, uh, his father was Levame and his mother was Amateur, Am, Am, Amatsuvian. Amateur is the actual name, but I still hear Amaterasu. Um, and what I did like was that they made him look different. The, um, the Levamine, Levames have, like, lighter hair, and he, of course, has darker hair. Um, this whole movie, I feel, is kind of a uh, alternate universe World War Two esque scenario um, because the Ama the Amatsuvians have like this kind of samurai honorable way of fighting on occasion. Um, like, there's one time where the a lone they're being chased um, by the enemy forces and a lone pilot comes out to have, like, a, a duel with him. Um, and he's like, you know, it's in a way it's more dangerous to have one good pilot fighting you rather than a bunch of people, bunch of untrained idiots firing blindly. But it's kind of like, you know, once once he's defeated, they let them, they let them go, like, kind of honorable, noble, whatever. Um, and so, anyway, so he's entrusted to, um, to take the princess from her home across the ocean to the mainland of, uh, Love Me. And, you know, there's all that whole, like, I can't believe we're entrusting the princess to, you know, such a low-life rat scum, um, because he's a halfling and things like that. Um... Racism. 
yeah, racism. That's exactly what it is. It's racism. Um, and so they end up getting on the plane and they fly there and of course crazy things ensue along the way. Um, so good points of this movie. I liked the fact that the racism was there. Not to say that I like racism because obviously no, but I do think it added some authenticity because whenever- Nice cover up. Oh, shush. (laughs) Whenever there is a war going on, Obviously, that happens on both sides. The The opponent is naturally evil, and anyone from that background is kind of also is t- tainted by that evil. Um, I also thought it was cool that they made him look different than everyone else, um, because I feel that that was a nice touch added to, to that kind of authenticity. Um, maybe a bit over the top, but still. Um, it kind of has a steampunky... Type. It's kind of like alternate world, World War Two. if America and Japan were kind of next to each other and there wasn't other people and it was kind of steampunk meets Last Exile meets, I don't know, some other yeah. random romance anime. I saw part of this movie too and um, what I thought immediately was that it looked like Last Exile. Yeah. The way that they suit up, they wear like special suits when they're battling and... It really did look like. Well, they don't. Though. They don't wear special suits when they're bi- battling. They wear suits for flying, which is normal. When yeah, you're but in a they fire did, jet. Yeah, but they the suits looked like Last Exile. Okay. I don't know. It just reminded me of it. Well, it, it kind of. I I can agree with that. It has kind of that steampunky feel that Last Exile has. Um. So, it it kind of it has a it has a good atmosphere. Most of the um, most of the setting takes place over the ocean because that's where they're flying. Again, this is the uh, the Princess and the Pilot is the English title. Um, and uh, most of this anime takes place over the ocean. Um, so I most of the anime is beautiful. Madhouse does a great job, of course. Um, but it's not like they have extraordinarily complex settings going on. Um, the airplane designs are very cool if you're into kind of that machinery design. Um, so that's another thing that's good. The other thing that I liked about this anime, and, and this is maybe a minor, minor, minor spoiler for the movie. Um, so if you, if that's really going to bother you, if you know you're going to watch this, um, please feel free to skip ahead. By the way, the movie's a hundred minutes. Um, so it's a, it's a full length movie. Um, but at the end of the movie... You know it's gonna. You know it's a love story, like from the second that it kind of starts out. But at the end of the movie, both people, um, <clears throat> both people do what is right. Um, both people do what is not. I hate to say what is right, but what is their obligation and their duty. Um, and their duty to do. Um, they don't do what they want. Like, she obviously has a duty to go marry the prince. And if she doesn't marry the crown prince, then, you know, it's it's going to be a huge, a huge, huge, huge issue. Um, so I did like that about the movie. Um, People in the chat still don't know what this movie is called. It's called The Prince, The Princess and the Pilot. I just put it in the chat also. Toaru Hikushi no Tsuyoku, and it's not dubbed. Um, and so I liked that about the anime. Things I didn't like about the anime... I don't, I, I think I've, I've, I've chewed over it for a day or two now, and I decided that I don't like Fauna de Morale as a character. 
Um, because at, at the first, the at first in the movie, she hardly says anything. And that wasn't what I disliked, because I felt that she was a character that was so repressed and so confined to the obligations of her stature and role that that was what she had to do. But there comes a, a, a turning point where she completely does a 180 and becomes this completely different person. And I understand that it can be argued that that's the person who she was the whole time, but she was never in a position to express that. But I just don't think years and years of grooming and breeding and training and like, you know, just that mentality will go out the window overnight, which was, which is what it does in the film. Um, and I just think she changes too much in such a short period of time. Yeah. This anime actually committed anime cliche sin number 54, girls cutting their hair as a rebirth. Yeah. But, I mean, they didn't linger on it, which made it a little bit better. It wasn't like they had this huge, like, ceremony thing of her doing it. But I, it definitely was there. That's definitely what it was. And I just... This anime literally takes place over the span of five days as they fly across the ocean. And you will not change who you are as a person in five days. Another good example is... Um, as they're running away, the the pilot does something that ends up killing a bunch of people, and she kind of has a moment of horror, because she's kind of seeing war for the first time in that respect. And then, later on, she takes hold of a, the gun on the ship, and she guns down another ship, or another, uh, another aircraft, and the pilot ends up being okay, but there's a moment where she doesn't know the pilot's okay, and she doesn't have, she doesn't even have, like, a holy crap, I just killed someone kind of moment. So, anyways, I think this film has a bunch of problems to it. That being said, I was entertained by it, um, and the, the, the music is nothing to write home about. The ending was soft and, and fluffy. Um, most of the important parts of the story were, ter- were, um, were basically were basically displayed as an afterthought, I felt like, after the ending. Um, I've been teetering between a two and a half and a three myself. This this movie, to me, is solidly average. What killed me was that it was just too simple. I mean, it was like, you know, I, 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 asked, I asked in the beginning of the movie, I said, I wonder if this whole movie is going to be him flying her to this other city, and it was. I so expected it, just... it to be that, because I expected it to be, like, a character-driven movie, but, um... And I just feel like the movie had, like, a very grandiose atmosphere with this big war going on and everything. And the, and the actual content of the movie is this very small, unimportant thing that happens during the course of the war. And it's like, See, I, I, I'm not against... I'm not against it taking a small, like, a more, like, micro look instead of a macro look. Yeah. But I just think it didn't execute that micro look very well. It, it felt... The whole movie felt rushed. There was no time in the movie that it kind of just took a break to develop the world and to really develop the characters. Like, it was always just like this and okay. then this and then this and then That's this. That's fair. So, I'm... Oh, I'm gonna give it... God, what can I give this anime? What do I want to give this Give it anime? a three. It was pretty. It was really pretty. Um, Alright, I'm gonna give it... I'll, I'll give it three... Um, three aquatic airships out of out of five. Because I I do think 
I do think it was average, but I would put it just above average because Madhouse did it and they did a good job and it wasn't atrocious um, and the characters weren't awful. There were just some things that could have been, could have been better. Could have been better. So, but if you're one of those people who's like, I've seen everything and you haven't seen this movie yet, uh, you'll definitely enjoy it, I think. So it's not, it's not going to waste your, your life to watch. Okay, right. so three a three person review on Princess Mononoke. Go. Woo. I feel like we definitely don't have enough time to do this review, but so l- let me quickly just spout out what this anime is. First of all, it's a uh, everybody knows it's a Hayao Miyazaki film that was made in two th- in nineteen ninety seven. It had a has a production cost that of at the time was about twenty four million U S dollars, which is a lot for an anime for an anime film. Um, Today, it, the exchange rate it's about it's about thirty million dollars. So it's like five times, six times the production value of the of the recent live action Dragon Ball Z movie. <laughs> <laughs> Just to put it in perspective. So, quick synopsis of the plot line because we don't have a whole lot of time, but many people have seen this movie already. Um, <clears throat> there is. There's a boy named Ashitaka who, at the beginning of the movie, is fighting to protect his village from a go- from a demon god that is uh, that is attacking, and um, Ashitaka comes in contact with the demon, and the part of his skin that that comes in contact with the black worms that are protruding out of the giant polluted boar god demon curses Ashitaka's arm, and as part of the ritual of their village, and as a desire, and in, in, in the desire to find a cure for himself, Ashitaka leaves his village on his red elk, Yakul, and... Oh my god, I could take 20 minutes just to explain the plotline in this movie. The movie is the movie is a man-versus-nature-themed movie that is, again, put together by Hayao Miyazaki. It's, uh, the main theme is people are destroying the environment, and... Um, there's too much fighting amongst people, and Miyazaki hates fighting, and he hates environmental destruction. Mm. And so these are two major themes throughout the movie. The you see um, iron, the Iron City that is polluting and destroying the nearby neighboring forest where many where many forest gods live. And so the movie is this conflict between the Iron Town, which we're supposed to, which is supposed to represent human civilization, and the forest, which is supposed to represent nature. And um, demonstrates in many ways how the human how human beings destroy the environment and destroy nature, and also fight amongst each other because there's there's actually fighting bet- amongst humans in the movie too, and amongst all of this, Ashitaka and San are sort of the pacifiers in the film, and try to stop the fighting amongst people. And this is in some way Miyazaki's message to try to say you know fighting is bad, you you shouldn't fight amongst each other. And you see this in many movies, and the, the most noteworthy of which is probably Naoshika, in which Naoshika actually kills herself to stop the Ohm from stampeding her city as a martyr and to stop the war from occurring. Um, do you guys have any comments? I think I think the interesting thing, um, while we're on kind of the subject of symbolism and meaning, is, is San is kind of this... She is the representation and the emissary, if you will, of the children of the forest. She is... She is more forced than human, if you could say. And not to say she isn't a human or some she's some weird halfling, but she's more a part of the forest world than a part of the human world. Where, of course, um... Oh my god. Why did I just... Ashtaka. I don't know Ashtaka. why that name just popped out of my head. Um, 
where Ashitaka is more of a person from the human world. He He's more part of the human world going into the forest world. And so I feel their entire relationship as a representation of the fact that you don't have to choose one world or the other. Both worlds can live in harmony, but to do so, both worlds have to have an understanding of each other and a respect for each other um, that perhaps doesn't exist. The other thing that I, I very much like about this movie, and that is a staple of many Miyazaki movies, is the lack of a clear villain. In in the in the plot summary, it may be easy to say that the Iron Town is obviously the enemy, that the Iron Town is the primary evil in the movie, but that's not quite the case because even the Iron Town, run by Lady Eboshi, she takes in prostitutes and lepers and things of the, and the undesirables of society that anyone else would cast out gives them work, gives them home, gives them medicine, gives them a place to belong. So even then, it's hard to say that she is kind of the the evil of the story because she's not evil. And and I think that's a, a wonderful reoccurring th- theme in all of Miyazaki's films is, is that unclear villain. And I'll pass it off to you, Kimiko, to add whatever mentalities you have. I, I was just kind of going to, to say the exact same thing about his ability to create these what you assume are villainous type characters in the beginning, but ultimately just become, I don't know, regular characters without the course of the film, like uh, Yubaba or um, Lady Eboshi or, oh gosh. Um, and rarely, rarely, I think I can only think of maybe two time, two opportunities or two times off the top of my head where he actually creates a, a character who is a, a villain. And I think actually only one of them. And that's... Um, Laputa, Castle in the Sky. Yeah. That is the only one I can actually think of who is a villain-type character who actually is the bad guy. No ulterior motives and nothing that makes them less so. Um, But uh, Princess Mononoke is probably the best example of that because even what spurns the entire story uh, with the the demon boar or the... um, What was it? The bullet that infected yes. the, the pig, even that wasn't necessarily meant as a villainous act. It was something that happened because the humans thought they were doing something right. They thought they were just, you know, expanding themselves and they thought they were defending what could be their own land against these creatures. So even that has a, a tendency to not quite be a villainous aspect in the story. So that's something I've always really admired in um, Miyazaki's works. Bobot's go from the chat asks the question, would you say that the curse is evil? Um, I would say, and, and we can, we can each give our own answer if we so choose, but I would say no. Um, I would say that the, the bullet that infects the boar is basically a, in my mind, the curse is a product of that bullet, which then is a representation of the pollution, the, the disease, the, whatever you want to call the, the curse that is, that, that is born from the conflict between men and the nature that surrounds them. And 
the fact that it is in the boar, which is a mobile creature, and possesses the ability to move and go into a town that, like Ashtaka's, that actually is fairly communed with nature still, is a symbol of the fact that one person's act can be rippled across all people within a society or even within a race. And so I see the curse as a, a form of how human greed and violence can spur a chain of events that creates unwilling victims and that the curse is not actually evil by its own right but it is the it is the more of people reaping what they sow i guess it's interesting that you bring up this this point because last night i had a discussion for about an hour with a uh, a japanese man who has a phd in religion and we ended up talking about Miyazaki for the entire hour and how r rich Miyazaki's films are with, with religious symbolism and, and of, of Miyazaki's opinion on Japanese society. And Miyazaki has many critiques of Japanese society that are very evident in the movie Spirited Away, which I had did not know until last night. Which I think should be a whole other topic. And this could be a whole episode because it's fascinating. Um, and after and I have so much more respect for that movie after hearing this man talk to me for an hour about it, but I can see some of those themes the, the same themes in Spirited Away carry into uh, you know appear in Princess Mononoke, namely uh, Miyazaki ha critiques deeply the bubble economy of the, of Japan in the 90s, which was uh, where the Japanese economy was was just booming out of control. Everybody was rich. Uh, the, the country was, was run by greed and money, and Miyazaki did not approve of that. And so what you see is uh, several themes in his movies, including the pollution of, of beings. And in one, you can, you can sort of see that the human beings shot the bullet into the boar. And the, and the rage and anger, the bullet polluted the boar. And, I, and in some ways, you can view the boar perhaps as a symbolism of, of the bubble. And also there are... There are Shinto beliefs in these movies too, and it's very evident in, in *Spirited Away* and in *Princess Mononoke*. As in Shintoism, one of the most important things is purification or, or cleansing of the body, and which is one reason why Japanese people love baths so much. Uh, think about it, *Spirited Away*. The whole movie is in a bathhouse. So, and in this movie, there are several times when you'll notice this. Um, there's one time in the forest when Ashitaka's arm is sort of going out of control and he plunges it into the water in the forest and the water soothes his arm and calms down the uh, the agitation. Later in the movie, there's times where... When San takes Ashitaka into the forest and brings him into the pool brings to him, heal him. Brings him to the pool. And also when the enraged uh, god demons later in the movie are... They come in contact with the... The, with the forest spirits liquid, I think. I can't remember exactly, but they are instantly pure pacified by this. And these are just very deep themes that appear in the movie. And um, it's very interesting, but uh, I don't know. I can. We could go on forever, but I don't, we, don't, we don't have that much time. I think since you touched on the religion, it's worth mentioning. Um, in the Shinto religion, Shintoism is much like the. 
I feel, the Native American religions um, in the sense of they are more spiritual-based, every more spiritual and more nature-based. And and in this, in the Princess Mononoke world, there's, of course, uh, the all of the forest spirits um, that are representative of, of different things in the forest. Um, in Shintoism, there's a, a term called Yao Yorozu no Kami, or 8 million Kami, um, which is the variety of spiritual spiritual beings um, in Shintoism religion. Which is, and why so, there's a, which is why there's a million different spirits in the bathhouse. Ta-da! Which we're not talking about right I, now. I know, I'm sorry, but spirit it away again. Um, but what would have been more relevant is why there's a million spirits in the forest. Oh, yes. And all of the little, uh, the forest spirits. Um, but, uh, the other, um, the other thing that Shinto religion does teach is, is a, uh, dualis- dualism in, of hatred. Um, and it, it's kind of that, mm, the the symbolic pollution of hatred um and how hatred can can fuel you to become to become better and and to to do things that you might have never been able to do an example is um as his arm wound continues to to get worse his skill with a bow improves uh, his ability to withstand massive lethal injuries improve. And, and you could say that in a way, you know, the hatred is fueling that. Think of all the things that people have accomplished out of hatred. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a crazy thing to say, but there are so many things in, in war and in life that, that people who have been filled with hate have been able to do. And so um, I, I think that, you know, the Shinto religion aspects is definitely an important one. Do you have any additional comments, uh, Kimiko? No, it's okay. I'm actually just enjoying listening to you guys be awesome and intelligent. <laughs> well, well, why don't why don't maybe why don't you give some of the additional um, story points maybe or story points or or other things like music, animation, you know that 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 stuff that's also important. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, one thing I can talk about forever and totally is um, Joe Hisaishi is beyond one of the most brilliant composers of all time. Um, For those of you who don't know, he does the score for 90% of uh, Miyazaki's films and a lot of other Ghibli films, if I remember correctly. And the music for Princess Mononoke specifically is probably one of my favorite albums, topped only by the music that Hisayashi did for Spirited Away. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just beautiful, beautiful orchestral scores and a a great use of dynamic for different scenes. Um, And... He just he is a master of his craft, bar none. Uh, animation wise, I mean it's it's Miyazaki. <laughs> it's very, very hard to do Miyazaki's animation poorly. In fact, uh, impossible. Um, specifically, I think one of the things I noticed because I saw Princess Mononoke, it was the second film that I saw of Miyazaki's works um, after Spirited Away. and the scenery. I can't even describe how drop-dead gorgeous, absolutely perfect the scenery is. Um, the long sweeping shots of um, just the hills and the uh, landscape and uh, the forest in general. Um, everything about it animation-wise is just beautiful to behold. Um, yeah, I mean, really, I'm just complimenting things. <laughs> yeah. 
but well there's pretty much no negative thing you can say about this movie no not at all <laughs> i mean the the only the only negative and and, and oh I'm, really the, oh man well the only negative that i could possibly even say about this movie and and this is one of those it's probably not really a negative is that it is a very long film but how long is it um, I got it here. I keep going. Uh, it is a, a longer oh, film. Yeah. It's two hours and thirteen minutes. So, and and I'm and I'm not saying that in a bad way because he has a lot to say, but I do remember one of the first time or two that I watched it. There was a point around, probably around I don't know an hour forty minutes, an hour fifty minutes, that I kind of was feeling like it had dragged at some point, and that it should have wrapped up by that. But I, you know, I don't want to criticize it too much for that. That would just be the only thing that I could say potentially that's negative about this film. To well, try to be fair, I would also say that the as much as I, as much as I don't praise dubbing too much, this movie has an, an insanely good dub. Oh yeah. Um, he, he, here are the list of Hollywood actors and actresses that do the main characters: Billy Crudup, uh, Claire Danes, which everybody should know, Billy Bob Thornton, Gillian Anderson from the X Files. Jada Pinkett Smith, Mini Driver. It's just uh, on and on. Yeah. So every character has a famous person behind them. It was um it was dubbed by Miramax, which is just a subset of Disney. Yeah. So I mean, it, I have yet to see a Disney dub aside from um, I think. No, that it was okay. I mean, Ponyo wasn't the greatest Disney Ponyo dub. Ponyo was so so. Um, but I have yet to see one that was that wasn't a good dub um, done by Disney. Yeah. So, so obviously this film is a must-have for must anyone's see. collection. It's a must-see yeah. for anyone. Um, but normally, when we have reviewed Ghibli films in the past, we we rate them on a Ghibli scale because on a normal scale, compared to most animes out there, every Ghibli film is a five. I mm, think we can I all agree. Yes. Well, compared compared to an average anime that comes out on TV. Disagree. Okay, fine. You are allowed to disagree. There are several Ghibli films that are not that good. Okay. Well, most of Ghibli Ghibli's works are fantastic. So let's put this on the Ghibli fa scale. Okay. So we are comparing it just among other Ghibli films, which are classics and and well done um, films. So what do we want to? What is everyone's score for this one? Five Kodama out of five. I was going to say five four spirits out of five. Five Yakul out of five. Ooh. There can only be one Yakul. <laughs> <laughs> he cloned himself. Oh, oh man. <laughs> Alright, so handedly this movie was a five out of five. Go watch it if you have not seen it. There's no excuse for it. This was episode 159 of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. As always, you can find us at aaapodcast.com iTunes, don't forget to drop us a rating on iTunes. Facebook.com forward slash Anime Addicts Anonymous Podcast. We're almost at 2,000 likes, so please go like us. Um, Ustream.tv forward slash channel forward slash Anime dash Addicts dash Anonymous dash Podcast, where we broadcast live from Japan every Sunday night at 8 p.m. EST, unless it's an odd day like today where we will give you notice because we changed the time. Thank you to all of you who joined us on the Ustream, as always, but thank you especially because of the change time and taking us out today is the song Bloody Stream from the anime JoJo's Bizarre Adventure by the artist Koda. Have a great one, everyone. Bye!